For those listening to the podcast, please know that you can now attend the kitchen seat meeting via Zoom while the stay-at-home order is in effect in Los Angeles. Go to oalaig.org for login information. We ask, oh, okay, that's to me. Thank you. Um, my name is Jackie. I'm a compulsive overeater and an alcoholic. I came into this program. I had just gotten off a, a year before I'd gotten off a really crazy diet. Um, it was very high fat, very high protein, uh, little or no carbs. And I had lost a tremendous amount of weight. I went into the doctor for a checkup and discovered that I had a cholesterol of 325. The doctor was hysterical. Um, I got off that diet and probably started gaining weight before I left his office. When I broke 200 again and started thinking about suicide, and this was with five grown children some grandchildren already in the picture, running my own little business and doing okay, but I thought I was the most disgusting thing on the planet. And um, one, I was a traveling sales rep and on my way home from appointments in San Diego one day, coming home through the interchange in LA that has all those freeway overpasses, I thought to myself, oh, well, um, if I hit one of those at 65 miles an hour, nobody would know, nobody would know it was not an accident. Uh, being, being a little Jewish girl from Brooklyn, one of the things you cannot be forgiven for is suicide. And I got so frightened by that thought pattern, I got myself into therapy and was very blessed by having a therapy who thought, therapist who thought that OA was one of the best things going, or that 12-step was one of the best things going. And I wound up in the rooms. I don't have a picture of myself at over 200 pounds again. But if you can see this, this was a picture of me when I, I think I had been in program for a little while and already had started to lose weight. And the baby in my arms was a new grandson who, by the way, yesterday presented me, um, not for my sake only, but I'll see it that way, with twin girls. So he's grown up a bit since then. And this was starting the way down after I got into program. And that's his sister, who was born three years later. Anyway, I am very gifted in this program. Um, I, I don't do a lot about childhood because um, we all kind of have the same thing. I don't know about your parents. I think my parents did the best they could with the tools they had available to them. Lousy set of tools. But that's what it was. They didn't mean it that way. For years before I got into program, I used to blame them for everything. Um, they didn't love me enough. They didn't this enough. They didn't that enough. And then I remembered a doctor told them when I was two or three years, two, two, two years old or three years old, that I would never survive another winter in Brooklyn because I was asthmatic and I was this and that. 
that was on a Monday. Monday on Wednesday, they were packed up in the car and with my gra and brought my grandma, and on their way to um, cousins who lived in Pasadena to get me out of the snow. So I can't say that they didn't love me, and that was a good revelation for me. It just turned everything, and that happened while writing in a fourth step. Um, so I came into the rooms in 1988. I was, as I said, I had been doing that crazy diet and I went up like a stone. I mean, like I was changing sizes every couple of months. I was so depressed. I didn't know what to do. And a woman who I just, <clears throat> excuse me, who I just ran into again recently, <coughs> was my Eskimo into OA. She went with me for my first meeting. She informed me that she would sponsor, she did, she was full, but she loved working with newcomers and she would sponsor me until I found a sponsor. We walked into the doors of a very large woman's meeting in um, North Hollywood. And I looked around and I saw a bunch of women standing around a desk at, the, at a table at the end of the room and they were laughing and they were talking and they were hugging and they were comfortable with each other. And I looked at Linda and I said, that's what I want. I want to be able to be like that with other women. Because when I was raised women were your competition. Other women were your competition. So it was always, does she look better than me? Does she <clears throat> have a better job than me? It was just, it was not nice. And Linda looked at me and said, if you do what you're told in this program, you can have it. If you're willing to do the work, you can have that. And that was my introduction to taking direction. And by God's grace, I have been taking direction. Yesterday was 32 years of one day at a time, back-to-back -back abstinence in the program of Overeaters Anonymous. And a life that I really couldn't imagine happening. Um, I'm afraid I'm going to bounce all over the place. This meeting makes me very nervous as a speaker, so that's just the way it is. And I, have it. I just don't, under any circumstance, want to know how many people are here. Um, <laughs> hi, Pamela. Um, when I hit my teens, When I hit my teens, I weighed 155, 160 pounds. I was five foot two, but I had one of those hourglass figures. I had a tiny little waist, big top, big bottom. I had boyfriends. There was never a problem. It wasn't. It wasn't the football player, the head of the the or or the president. Of the, I'm sorry, guys. 
one of the things heavy smoking left me with was a bit of emphysema. <coughs> so sometimes I sound a little bit like Minnie Mouse. Um, but I always had a boyfriend. I always had dates. I always, but I only could see what was wrong when I looked in the mirror. And God might bless my mother. I think my mother was probably one of the most controlled compulsive overeaters I ever knew. She had a range. She went from 121 to 146. If she was 121, we were having hot fudge sundaes after dinner. If she was 146, we were eating lettuce and tuna fish and cottage cheese. And the whole family went on both food plants with her every time. <clears throat> but in my teens, when I got married, then, I, then I, I knew that if I could get married, get out of the house, I would be all set. So I did that. I got married at 17. We eloped. I got out of the house. But to find a man who is a year older than you, so he was 18, I was 17, who wants to get married and also get out of the house, you have sick choosing sick. But I knew that if I could have children, they would love me unconditionally, and I would love them unconditionally, only we didn't have that word in those days, and that was what I wanted. I stayed married to that gentleman for 15 years. I will be honest and tell you that I have been married four times, divorced twice, an old once, and widowed once. But the last time was the time that I got married in this program. And the last time was a gift from God. It was absolutely a gift from God in the program of Old Readers Anonymous. Because he was in this program as well. Anyway. I was excellent all, all through my teens and 20s. I was excellent at losing weight. I did like everybody else. I did every diet, I, anything that I could afford. <clears throat> I never was able to afford the pregnant woman's urine stuff or um, Lindora or any of those kind of things. <clears throat> because... Um, my husband didn't make that kind of money. And in those days, wives did not work. I should have. We needed it, but it didn't work. And things just continued to get worse. They started me on diet pills when I was 13 years old. They um, gave me Librium at that time so I could sleep when I was... 15 years old because because of the diet pills I couldn't sleep and nowhere in anybody's thought pattern was it that I was on uppers and downers every day for until I was somewhere in my 30s I was on a diet pill called Perludin and if I remember correctly it was 75% Benzedrine and 25% Dexedrine a long time ago. All I do know is when I was taking those things, I climbed up on the top of the roof of my house and swept off the leaves from the trees um, because it made me nuts. I, mean, I just couldn't sit still. But I'd lose a ton of weight and I'd gain back 10 pounds more and then I'd lose more weight 
and then I'd gain back 10, 10 pounds more. And I don't know what my top weight was. I wouldn't get anywhere near a scale at that point, but I do know I had to make my own clothes because I couldn't afford Lane Bryant. I was just tremendous and miserable, basically just miserable. Um, and then by God's grace in my mid forties, 47, I found a way. <clears throat> and, um, as I said, <clears throat> the first thing I was told was that I could have everything I saw that I wanted if I was willing to do the work. And my sponsor told me that, that um, the first thing that had to happen was that I had to put down the fork. Because as long as I was turning my body into a, basically a still. When you fill yourself up with sugar, flour, grains, fruit, you're, 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 and your body ferments your food, that's how it digests it, you're, you're constantly somewhere else, not here. I, I, I don't think I was a good parent because I spent most of my time, and I had five children. I spent most of my time, um, most of my time planning the food, eating the food, hiding so nobody else could see me eat the food. Um, it was just, it was just an ongoing process. Then I had my, I lost my second child to, um, to SIDS. It was very shocking. I was 21 years old and I woke up in the morning to a baby who had been gone for hours. And I decided at that point that God hated me, that he, part, please forgive me for the way I say this, but that he had murdered my infant son so that, to punish me for the things that I had done wrong. And that was the God I came into these rooms with. Um, I, I just felt that, that whenever he was bored, he was Jackie and grabbed a fly swatter. You know, got her. And I never realized that that was ego. Um, I started working the steps with my sponsor. I had a great deal of problems with steps. Jackie, five minutes left. Oh, wow. Okay, let me finish up. Um, I... As I said, I, I've celebrated 32 years in this program. I am down 60 pounds from the weight I came into these rooms with. As I say, I have no idea really what my highest weight was. I, um, I am just simply in love with this program. The, the gifts have been constant and steady and all I have to do is pay attention. I have, I have beautiful relationships with all five of my children because this program taught me how to shut my mouth. There was a lady by the name of Casey, she's something like 45 years now, and she said to me, put your tongue between your teeth, bite down, shut up, they're adults. You don't get to tell them how to live their lives. They're grown-ups. 
So I started doing that, and they were very surprised. But, uh, you know, I used to walk around like this all the time. Then I met a man in this program, and he was, um, he was not somebody I would have even noticed before I came into program. He was just, there was no excitement. My sponsor explained to me very careful that I was using the wrong word. I wasn't looking for excitement. I was looking for danger. I was looking for people who were just like this because so was I and sick chooses sick. Mario, on the other hand, was not sick. And it was a absolutely beautiful eight years. Um, and, and I still, he's, he was every blessing that God could have given me. And now it's like my life now, I'm retired. I didn't retire until I was 72 um, because I loved my work. I am now 79 years old. I have in this program survived a triple bypass, which I think was a gift of that first diet, that, that one diet that brought me this way. Um, breast cancer and a stroke. And one day at a time, I get to wake up in the morning, talk to God, pray. I open, I start my morning with page 86. I think I remember that, right? And, um, and I still do what I'm told. I call my, I call my sponsor every morning or almost every morning. And um, I do what I need to do in this program. I learned very quickly that if you, if I ask somebody who has what I want, who's living a life that, that I respond to because they're peaceful and they're loving and they're embodiment of this program. And I ask them to work with me. It then becomes my job. My job is to do what they ask me to do or do what they did. Because if I want what they have, I have to do what they did. Um, I've been doing a lot of work in step six and seven lately. And step six for me is, is when, when I ask God to remove a character defect, I have a job in that. One of my biggest defects was gossip. I used to just love to gossip. And my sponsor came very carefully told me, she says, okay, here's how it works. You stop practicing the defect. And when you do your part first, God will then remove the need for you to want to do that. So now it's years later. I don't gossip unless I've got something happy to tell. If if I if if you tell me something wonderful, like your your grandson just had twins, I think it's perfect for you to go tell. I can tell it. This is wonderful. Look what this happiness is. But if you're having a tough time at work and you tell me about it, that's nobody's business except yours. So I had to practice Jackie, not time. Yep. Thank you for me for 
being here. May God bless you and keep you healthy and strong. May God bless me and keep me healthy and strong. This is the time for questions only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. If you have a question, please raise, please click the raise your hand icon. The secretary will call on you if you please. Um, and you can then unmute and ask your question. Uh, first up, you have Julie D. Or Julie D. T. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. It's okay. Thank you so much, Jackie. Um, being married to a fellow, how did you support each other's program without taking each other's inventory? Um, <laughs> I, I can't answer for him. I can only answer for me. May he rest in peace. But um, when when I got in when when I got into the relationship, my sponsor who has passed had gotten into a relationship months, not even, not even months before. And we both, and we talked to each other a lot about it. And she said, same thing applies is, is with the kids. You don't tell them how to work this program. You don't tell them what to do. Um, what we, what I had learned was when something, when something was upsetting me, I would say to him, I need to go right. I need, to, I need to talk to my sponsor because otherwise I'm going to say things I have to make amends for. And I don't like making amends. I really don't like making amends. So I would go and I would write. And sometimes I'd call Arlene, sometimes not. Sometimes it just came up in the writing. Then I'd go in and he would do the same thing. And then I'd go in and sit down. I'd, pour, well, I'd go in, pour him a cup of coffee and sit down at the kitchen table, because that's where he'd be. And I'd say, honey, what just happened really didn't work for me. Can we do it differently? And we talk about it. He never asked me not to go to a meeting. I never asked him not to go to a meeting. We, we both knew the necessity of keeping that part of our life strong so that we didn't wind up bickering, and we didn't. He's been gone seven, 17 years still the best thing that ever happened in my life. And if I had to do it all over again, right now. But it doesn't work that way. Thank you for your question. Okay, next up we have Lillian. Hi, thank you so much, Jackie, for a great lead. <laughs> could, you share, <laughs> could you share with us like, what your average food plan is, like on a regular day, what you eat? Um, OA... I, I say it this way. OA took away sugar and, and flour. Didn't even come close to my, my doctors took away. You know, I, I, I had a doctor sit down and very quietly say, no eggs, no meat, no, no red meat, no cheese, no salt, no caffeine. That was my food plan. You know, it was gone. So I'm very careful. I eat... Um, Diabetic thing is if if you take a plate, half of your plate should be salad or greens. A quarter of your plate can be 
a carbohydrate and a quarter of your page should be a protein. And pretty much that's what I try to stick to. Mm -hmm. um, I, I eat a lot of vegetables. I eat a lot of chicken and fish. I get to have meat because I'm such a good girl because of this program. The doctor has allowed me to have meat twice a month. I was a major carnivore. So, and portions. So I do what I'm told. And that's why I'm alive at 79 because with the heart trouble, I'd have been long gone. <coughs> Thank you. Thank you. Okay. And next up we have Amy V. Hi, thank you so much for your lead. Um, it was wonderful. I would like to know how did you transfer from going, you know, believing that, you know, from believing that God hates you to making that transfer to believing he is a loving God. Thank you. In, 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 in the books, there was something about um, we could choose the God we wanted. And the God that I had in my, in my mind was that old man in the sky with the list, writing down everything you get wrong and slapping you. Um, so I, I met a lady at a retreat or something like that there. I'm not sure, but it was a group because I never saw her again. But she suggested that I write a want ad. What would be what I wanted from a God? And what I wanted was, was a friend who would guard my back, you know, who would be there for me. And I read it. To, I think I read it to myself, oh, it's a long time ago, read it to my sponsor. And um, there was two parts to this want ad. One was what I wanted. One was what I was willing to give. And what I was willing to give was all that I had, was a slightly broken, exceptionally unhappy woman who needed to have a best friend. And then I started listening in the rooms. Everything that I heard somebody say, there's a gentleman in this room who's been in pro, in the rooms who's been in program 45 years. He, every time he opens a door, he says, after you. It's called, let God go first and make the crooked road, crooked path straight or however that good little thing goes. And I copied that from him. And I just started picking up everything I could and I started reinforcing that belief system instead of the other belief system. And find people who talk about God in a way that you would like to find for yourself and call them. They'd love to tell you about it. Okay, next up we have Nick R. Hi, Jackie. Thank you for your share. I really got a lot out of it. Um, my, actually, that was part of my question that Amy just asked. But uh, I also wanted to maybe talk about step three and how you use this, uh, the higher power that you've described for yourself, you know, turning your, your whole will and your whole life over to the care of that higher power, um, you know, and how, how you trust that decision that you've made, if that makes any sense. I watch the things that happen in my life when I turn it over. Um, and just one really brief little, 
I was on a gurney on my way into the operating room to have triple bypass. And all of a sudden, the woman who was pushing the gurney starts humming a hymn under her breath. Um, and, and I said, that sounds like gospel. And she said, yes. And I said, could you sing the words? And she did. And it was, it was about God loves you. And it was my choice to look at it the way I looked at it. But I looked at it as God telling me that everything was going to be just fine. Thank you very much. And it was. And so I watch for the things that are in my life that are God's hand because they're really easy to miss. Okay, next up we have Randy F. Hi, Jackie. Thank you very much. Can you talk about your journey of acceptance of yourself the way you are, warts and all, so to speak, and accepting that you are human, both the good parts and the bad parts? Um, That was a lot had to do with my sponsors. I, I heard over and over again from my sponsors that there was no perfect. I was not supposed to be perfect and nothing on this earth was perfect. Not a tree, not a flower, nothing was perfect. Everything could handle a little improvement. And did I want to do the work? But having to, having to, to change that really nasty mindset, I'll be very honest, every now and then, 32 years later, it pops up. My first reaction when I started talking was, I can't possibly know how many people are in this room because it would freeze my vocal cords, it would be over because I'm not a public speaker. I don't, you know, and like, okay, one more time. Father, I'm here, my mouth, your words, whatever. If it's not perfect, it's not supposed to be. Uh, I did a body image workshop, which I heartily recommend to learn how to accept my own body. I mean, and I don't know what I'd do if I didn't have that now. I'm 79. My skin is probably a size or two too big, but it still holds everything in, you know. Um, my body is made for, well, not right now. I have, I have a lap for grandchildren sitting on. Whether it is firm, young thighs or 79-year-old me, doesn't matter. It's still sitting in my lap. So I have to look for what's right and know that I'm not perfect. It's okay. It's okay. Five more minutes, Jackie. Oh, hello. Um, Okay, Nancy B is up next. My name is Nancy Beecham, and I'm a very grateful compulsive overeater. I can't believe I'm looking at you, Jackie. And I have to disagree. I thought Mario was pretty darn exciting, just in a healthy way. (laughs) Jackie, you talked about people coming into your life and disappearing. I feel as if, you know, I'm going to have 44 years tomorrow, and I believe that um, I put myself in a lot of places where I could get recovery, like driving to the Valley all the time for your meetings. 
Do you feel that something happened to you besides God's grace? Why are we left? What happened that so very few people have much time? Did you abstain right away? Did you get the message that you couldn't get this program unless the very first thing you did was what's in the doctor's opinion? And did you, are there certain things that you think happened where we just blessed? Can you give some hope to all the millions of people that are listening to this literally who are going in and out and are still suffering? Because I don't think you and I are suffering that much anymore. I'm Thank you so much. Because I believe that you and I who came in here as giants are little people now. Thank you, God. Um, wow. God, it's good to see your face. Um, it's a choice. It's a decision. I, I remember driving home from one of my meetings down Van Nuys Boulevard and passing the Baskin Robbins and having a literal fight with my steering wheel to not make that turn, not to put excess food in my mouth. I was told by my sponsor, first sponsor, it is your decision. This is up to you. And no, um, I think that whether you're abstinent or not, working the steps is a necessity, but I don't know how much I changed and, and I put down the food at that first meeting, I must tell you. Not that it was easy. I was just told if I wanted what those ladies had, that's what I had to do. I had to put down the food. I had to work the steps. I didn't like it. I had a temper fit with step two, restore me to sanity. What the hell are you talking about? Um, but I, I believed them what they told me, that I could have that if I was willing to do the work. And the work started with put down the food and work the steps. Thank you. Okay, we got Carl Kay. Hi, Jackie. Thank you so much for your share. Uh, 32 years, I mean, that's a long time. And my question kind of dovetailed 32 years later that keeps it fresh that keeps you coming back thanks because I know that if I don't keep coming back and if I don't keep doing the work I mean I'm doing this steps I'm I'm working on six and seven again probably the sixth or seventh time I'm not sure if I don't do this I can have everything I had before. I can have it back. And I won't live a long time if I do that. I mean, I, I now have two brand new, I, this was number tw 11 and 12, or was it? Yeah, I, no, 12 and 13 great grandchildren. I want to see these kids for a while. I want to see what goes on with them for a while. I want to be here to enjoy the happy times and console during the not so happy times. So um, I have to keep doing what I'm doing. I have listened to too many meetings about people who thought they had it made, cut back on their meetings, didn't have a sponsor or whatever it was. And they went out for years. I don't think I have years to go out. So I need to stay put. 
I don't see any other hands. I think we only have about a minute. Um, yeah, I I've got one, one minute. <laughs> oh, time up. <laughs> oh, sorry. All right. There we are. We're done. That worked. 